So yeah, uh, I think this podcast is back, and this week on the show, I have my buddy Jonathan from Make Stuff on YouTube. Uh, he is an awesome creator. He made an amazing video about Hamilton, which I loved years ago. He's made some awesome Last Jedi content, some Avatar The Last Airbender content, and we get into all three of those things in this podcast, <laughs> as always. So I hope you guys enjoy it, and here we go. I feel like that's a, as good a transition. As it's a ever. good transition. Yeah, America exactly. and Eagles and Stars and Stripes. <laughs> I, I was going to save Hamilton, though, for, mm -hmm. for the back half. Cause, oh, you know, I mean, I'm, that's, I'm, I'm cool with that. Let's, I think let's, it's controversial territory now. Yeah, it's, let's, let's somehow. <laughs> um, I was going to bring up that, and this, this maybe relates to uh, living in a nationalist empire. Uh, mm -hmm. I just finished Avatar The Last Airbender a few oh, weeks nice. ago. Was that first your time. first first time? Yes. Oh my goodness! I had not seen it, and I desperately wanted to watch your video, which was part of why I, I watched the <laughs> right, show. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, no, it was so freaking incredible. I have not been able to stop thinking about it for weeks on end, <laughs> and Dude. now I text all of my friends saying, "Watch Avatar," and no one listens to me, <laughs> and it's amazing <laughs> yeah that was my my wife got me into it she was a she was a big fan I, it was oh, cool. just like it was a little bit after my time like yeah. i was probably well when did it come out 2003 so I think it was five. Oh, well, either way i was like i was i was yeah. in my teens and that was that was where i was at the point where i was like even with like amazing stuff like pixar movies i remember there's <laughs> just a there were just a few years there where i was just like Pixar movies. I liked that as a kid, so I don't <laughs> like it no more. And then right. I went and saw like Ratatouille, and I was like, "Oh, I was stupid." <laughs> oh wait, is it is still a film the best, and I'm crying with an accented E. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so yeah, Avatar was one of those things where I was like, ah, it kind of looks like an anime ripoff type of thing, and it's like I'd rather just watch. I'd rather watch Cowboy Bebop because I'm a grown adult <laughs> and I'm cool. And uh, so I put it off for years. I watched, I think, the premiere of Korra with my friend. And yeah. I was like, this is, this, I really like this animation, but I don't want to watch this without, ha wa without watching Avatar first. And I don't want to watch Avatar because the animation isn't as good as this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my wife finally, finally made me watch it. And uh, oh my gosh, I just, it, it, it is the only thing I've seen. It's the only show I've seen where it just gets progressively better and then just peaks at the There's last no episode yeah it's amazing it's insane uh yeah. but like i was i was because i i think and I, i'll try not to spoil it but i i think that <laughs> it has like man was i just floored by the by the end of that series and it was yes. just like the resolution to all of it and you know the the sort of boss fight at the end and everything just like it it increases in scope so perfectly and the character arcs and i just became more and more invested mm. and it sincerely is just a the, the graph of my loving that is the exact same graph as the covid cases <laughs> in america right now it's just going straight Quick up. on your feet wow <laughs> yeah yeah uh, man i uh i i have been trying to develop strategies to mm -hmm. get people to watch it in the past few weeks where i'm like all right this particular person, they should start on this episode, or this person should start on right. this episode. And it is like, so I've been trying to get my parents to watch it for one thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I try, like, but <laughs> I, I, for some reason, I have like this really strong affinity for I just want all the people in my life to experience the things that I that I love. Right. Like, I, right. it just 
I really like sharing stuff that moves me with other people, mm-hmm. even if it's like my parents who would never, who probably won't even like it. But I'm like, come on, you gotta watch it. Like, right, right. It is weird when you watch stuff through the lens of like someone who's totally different than you, or someone who you know has different. Mm-hmm taste than you and you're like oh wait this is annoying or something like that <laughs> like I, right. I've been watching I just finished season one with my mom mm-hmm. and uh I like I, initially my plan was to show her just the entire season and then I was like all right let's skip this episode and I'll skip this episode and I'll skip this right. episode right so that she'll stay engaged and then I'm like oh Sokka is kind of annoying in season one man isn't he that's like <laughs> But every person I like, I'm trying to convince my cousin and my other friend, and it's like every person I have a different strategy for what will get them or something. <laughs> but it is like, I don't know. I think it was hard for me to get through mm-hmm. the first few episodes of season one because I was like, yeah, this animation looks a little bit cheap and mm-hmm. the the humor is a little bit goofy. Uh, but now it's strange because I go back and watch those episodes and I'm like, this is incredible. Like, yeah, they yeah. set up the whole season in 20 minutes. It's amazing. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's I think I think it was really the uh, there is a a what was it? There's a Zuko fight scene in an episode. Uh, I don't even know how many episodes into it it was. Uh I think that might be the one with the with the giant panda. I'm, I, oh, I, yeah. I, but but there's there's one where it's like where I realize like oh it isn't just like universally like sort of uh, lower quality animation. It's <laughs> they put all of their animation budget into specific yes. moments and fight scenes yeah. and stuff. And yeah. so like that that a few episodes into it, the first like proper Zuko fight scene uh, where it looks. Uh, like parts of it look almost like rotoscoped, like just yeah. amazing martial arts stuff, and it just looked so good and it was so well done. Uh, go ahead and watch my my Spielberg video on <laughs> my obsession with uh, specific types of action and action mm. scenes being memorable and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, like it, it just was incredibly, incredibly done, and that's that sort of got me hooked at that point. But Well, it's, yeah. it's wild to me that all of the action in the show is, like, like it's all so different. Like, every mm-hmm. single fight scene is, like, a different matchup, a different combo, like, yeah. a different, yeah. you know, there you, you have the, the combinations of power sets going into things, which make things mm-hmm. interesting, because every single one is a different combination, but then you also have the combinations of character motivations and everything that that make all the fights so driven the the uh and that was another thing that was another thing that put me off for so long was i watched i watched the Shyamalan movie before i watched <laughs> the show and boy no! is that not a good way to sell someone on this show no man uh, but but that is one thing that i noticed with the show that i love and i really hope they cuz they're you know hopefully still working on the uh, live action netflix show yeah. Uh, but the, uh, the fact that there is still sort of a, I feel like you could take the, uh, the fire effects and everything out of the fights and they would still be really cool, interesting, physical, like contact focused fights. Uh, and because they are all sort of based on, uh, on different martial arts styles and the movie does this thing that it's just like, uh. (laughs) 
Oh, is it? There's a there's a pitch meeting video on Screen Rant the other day <laughs> oh, yeah. that was like uh, <laughs> compared it to like uh, like uh, an old woman doing yoga or something in the <laughs> in the park where it's just a group like they would have just like a group of like ten men do these like, hyper choreographed <laughs> moves and then like one little boulder would move and right. it's just like there is no there is no connection and it felt like the, it, you well, might as well it's have like, been like on different green screens or something. Yeah, it's like action and reaction. It's yeah, it's yeah. nowhere near as visceral or immediate because it's like they do their little dance and then the thing happens versus yeah. actually interacting with it like live, for lack of a better word. Right, like, you know, right. it feels like there's a television delay on their bending. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So did you that. Uh, that I'm bit. trying to. Yeah. So what do you think about the live action show like the idea of them doing it on netflix and everything i'm still really torn on what i even like if i even think it's a good idea or not well yeah that's the thing like the i mean the main thing for me is that it's the it's the creators of the original show behind it uh and they when you watch the show and just I think why that episode, the first episode is so, like, you don't notice the animation as much the first time around is because you now have, like, the scope of it. Like, it, the whole world is fleshed out. Like, it, it exists in your head where you yeah. you see the show for what it's trying to be. Yes, uh, exactly. Despite the restrictions of the animation. And so I really would like the live action show to be how they clearly envisioned it in the first place mm-hmm. uh, and have that scope and have just the, the detail and stuff. And uh, like, because they were obviously they had a lot of uh, freedom with the animation, but also a lot of restrictions because you're doing a Nickelodeon show and they're not known right. for their, yeah. you know, uh, high production value above all other animation or anything. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I hope that they get to, get to pull that off and also i'm the thing that makes me most optimistic is the fact that the movie happened and hopefully every <laughs> lesson they need to learn yes. yeah. about adapting this thing right. they learned on that movie because also like the the creators were like barely involved in that movie yeah. and like they actively did not want the creators involved in that movie uh and you could tell by just <laughs> It being Ong instead of Aang and stuff like that. Like, it's so absurd. Uh, I really hope that the, uh, the the lesson they take away from the movie the most is, like, that translating something to live action doesn't mean you have to make it dark and gritty. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's sure. one of my biggest problems with the movie is that it, it has no sense of humor like, yeah, at all. Yeah. It t- totally abandons that heart of the show. And that's what I really hope is retained in a live action TV show. Even though, like you still won't be able to get the same sort of goofy cartoon faces and expression kind of stuff. Um, But I I hope it still has that. Like, I think that's one of the things that people love the most about the Avatar universe is like the side characters and just the whimsy of the world um, Mm -hmm. where it feels like it's just so creative. It's not a generic fantasy world like Lord of the Rings kind of rip off kind of thing like the movie was. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that that sort of that childlike sort of whimsy is is what makes Aang so great, such a good yes. character, is because he has this uh, what's what is usually written off as you know uh, being naive, 
uh, is just such a core part of its very Steven universe. And he has like, yes. he has these very specific, he has this ideal version of the world in his head and other people are constantly telling him like, but that's not how the, the world actually is. But his whole motivation is that's how the world, he yes. wants the world to be. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's why I think that, yeah, I really hope that they, they actually make him a fun <laughs> child. It's not, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's I, I really want that to be an aspect of it for sure. Yeah, and cast an actor not just based on martial artist abilities, but based on acting. <laughs> right, right. Oh man, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I. Uh, so you said you've watched Cora. I have just I just finished season one, and I mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of time, so I skipped season two because I've heard so many things about it, and I was like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. I just need to. <laughs> people say season three is so good so i'm like well i guess i'll just start with season three but yeah. i don't know like i what do you think about the show uh so cora i think i think it's sort of like uh it's it's very glass can and it's very highest highs and lowest lows for me yeah. uh like when i think of because it's like in concept it was created for me it's like okay we have its avatar, but also 1920s avatar yes. with like a jazz soundtrack and everything. Yeah. And like it's and, you know, the animation I wanted from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but then it's like, OK, but also we're going to spend the a good chunk of that first season uh, just focusing on this sport they play <laughs> <laughs> that like also I think that was. Uh, in the way that, like you were talking about, that they use they right. use uh, abilities in such creative, brilliant ways. Like constantly in the in the show, they were like the original series. They were coming yeah. up with all these amazing new ways to use powers of just you know. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything uh, too specific, but like the <laughs> the inventiveness with some of the like water bending and stuff that yes. they get into yeah. towards the end is like it's so brilliant. Uh, and with uh, watching those, watching those, uh, the, the sports matches and seeing like almost none of the, uh, in it's a lot like of the one, fights, two punches. Like, yeah, it's not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, where it's just like, they, they've taken any of the sort of inventiveness of the, of the action out of the equation. Uh, but we do have, uh, speaking of Cowboy Bebop, we do have, uh, Spike himself as the voice of the bad guy <laughs> in season one. And I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, no, it, season I I honestly I don't even remember what season two was about, so <laughs> that might have been a good call on your. I guess that's your, good. Yeah, that's the one people seem to tear apart the I, most. Yeah, the the second one and the the fourth one, like the fourth one is is very because that's the last one, right? It, it's yeah, it's very anticlimactic, and you can tell like yeah, this was cut a bit too short, and they kind of uh-huh. just had to make it into this big climactic thing when it wasn't necessarily made to be that way but yeah to me if it ended at season three uh it, it would almost have that same trajectory of like uh i i think the finale of season three is as good as the the finale mm, uh, wow. uh, uh at least in terms of scope and just the how cinematic it is and how yeah. like it, it and it is super emotional and so I, I love, love, love the finale of three. And it, it kind of just redeems the whole show for me. Wow, man. So Yeah. yeah. I, I I mean, I, I'm just baffled that Nickelodeon didn't put more faith in the creators. Like I, I was reading mm-hmm. the other day the behind the scenes drama of all of that where like with season one, 
they commissioned it just to be one season, just a one season show. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's called Air, because they were like, well, that's the one element we haven't done. And this will be a right, one season right. thing. And then they were like, all right, do one more season. So they did season two. And then they were like, all right, that's it. And then they said, all right, do two more seasons. And so then they, you know, and I'm like, what? Like, why don't you guys trust these creators more? Yeah. They gave you Avatar. Like, you know. On 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 Nickelodeon, no less. Like, there, if you look right. at the other stuff, the closest thing in terms of, like, a continuing storyline and stuff on Nickelodeon might have been, I don't know, like, Danny Phantom or something <laughs> is the closest that we had at that point. Yeah. And is just, like... Yeah, the fact that the fact that they gave them this essentially a you know a blockbuster franchise like in waiting like like if, right. if if it's done well it's you know like I mean I I think that the the world building is is pretty much unparalleled like it's yes it's man. fantastic I'm I'm almost ashamed to admit that I skipped Korra season two because it's one of those it's like one of those things that I see dogpiled on the internet a lot and Mm -hmm. it is one of those things where I see a certain demographic that hates The Last Jedi often hate on Korra yeah and so I go wait so is is season two actually amazing am I missing out (laughs) (laughs) I think I've been like professionally trained to be skeptical of of things that are dogpiled on by by dude bros on YouTube, you know. Yes, uh, rightfully so. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to. I'm I'm literally just looking up what chorus season two was about. <laughs> it's like uh, the spirit world and something. Right, like she... right, and that dude in the yeah the water tribes and everything. Uh, oh, you know what? Oh, okay. You have to do this for me. You have to yes. do this for me. Go back and watch uh, episodes seven and eight of season two because those are flashbacks to the very first uh, Avatar. Oh. And it is, they are two of the best episodes in the entire series, not just Korra, but also like Last Airbender. Like it is, it is so good. So episodes seven and eight of season two uh, are, are fantastic. Uh, but yeah, it's, 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 there's, there's, I'd say that season two gets, has the most like sort of fan service-y callbacks to the original mm-hmm. series, which is, which is fun and, uh, and sort of helps it along a bit, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it, season three specifically is what, uh, stuck out to me the most as, mm-hmm. uh, justifying its existence. And yeah, there are people who are, uh, you know, and and then it's like, well, if it's not as good as the first one, then there will be people who hate it so much and right. decide that it is toxic and the worst, and like it just like totally blow everything out of proportion. And then there's that annoying thing of like, okay, I didn't like this very much, so I will exclusively point out every every little flaw, ninety <laughs> percent of which exist in the original series, but I'm only pointing them out about this. Yeah. Uh, so like you said, Last Jedi, and uh, it's so funny. I've I've gotten people who get angry because I used part of the amazing score from the sec- from Korra uh, in my Avatar video, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and and I've gotten multiple comments that are like, why Why would you put the score from Korra? Like as if even <laughs> the score is the worst. thing It is an incredible happened. score, man. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, I that's one of those things where. <laughs> so like I hate when. 
I I actually do dislike something that the mob also dislikes, but I don't dislike right. it to the same extent. Right. And so it's like, I, I mean, I agree. It's like not great, but you guys are taking it way too far, yeah. you know? And so then I don't even have a side to be with because I can't say it's amazing either, but like... Yeah, you know, like yeah. that's what I, I think back to Last Jedi, and it's like I I wasn't huge on the casino planet chase yeah. scene, and it's just like yeah, that that kind of fell flat for me, and then it's just like this is the worst thing Star Wars has ever done, <laughs> and this is why this is the worst thing ever, and it's just like oh my, it's gosh, fine. Calm down. I, I don't. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it uh, is interesting to talk about Korra in relation to the star wars sequels though because mm-hmm. like in some ways they had the same task like cora mm-hmm. is you know exploring a universe many decades after the events of the quote-unquote original trilogy right um and i that was what i was struck by in season one was i was like wow this is what lots of people and i think to some extent myself wanted from the force awakens where it was like a totally mm-hmm. it was a universe that had been that had actually progressed with the time that had passed and right, uh, right. felt significantly different. I thought that was so cool the way that yeah, it's like you, you get to see the result of the success of the characters in the, right. in the yeah, original yeah. series, which is cool. Yeah, which I mean, in many ways, like I like The Force Awakens a lot and I mm-hmm. like outside of the context of the movies, I go, I think it was a smart move to remind people why they love Star Wars again with The Force Awakens and be right, like, right. look, here's Star Wars. Here's how it's supposed to be. You guys like this. Um, but yeah, within the context, I do, I understand that complaint. And I think Korra in many ways kind of embodies that like, yeah, like it it just feels like a universe that really has progressed outside of or within the context of the actual show and not outside of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And since you said, and since you know it does that, then that means it's objectively good, right? Right, of course. Yeah, <laughs> no issue there. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and and of course, like in many ways, like I think what I think is the the most brilliant thing about the Last Jedi. Out of, I guess we're getting into the Last Jedi. Uh, oh what I think is my, the most brilliant thing about it here. is that like it uses that familiar imagery which the force awakens uses mainly as nostalgia bait it uses Mm -hmm. it as comfort food uh Mm -hmm. the last jedi uses that comfort food imagery as a way to without using a cliche subvert expectations and Mm -hmm. uh to actually reflect on the imagery and reflect on like why do these cycles keep repeating themselves (laughs) where I think J.J. Abrams repeated A New Hope out of necessity, and then mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson was kind of like, hey, I think I could do something actually interesting with that. You know, right, it doesn't have right. to be that you're just repeating it for no reason. Maybe it's repeating because these cycles actually, you know, repeat themselves. Yeah, and that that's actually, that's something that, uh, especially in seasons two and three of Korra, uh, they they doing the same thing where it's like questioning uh questioning sort of the role of the avatar and mm. placing all of this on one person and everything like it, it gets it gets into it and that's the stuff that i thought was really interesting uh yes. and unfortunately 
they kind of just drop it at the end. <laughs> they don't stick the landing. But I that was one thing that I really respected about Korra is that they do in that same sort of Last Jedi way uh, uh, question the things you took for granted about the the philosophy of the original series and, yes. and kind yeah. of make it stronger through that, uh, which which I like. Because yeah. if it's a good philosophy, it should be able to stand up to to sort of criticism or get be able to get stronger like it's yeah it's the big ups to both Korra where it deserves and uh and Last (laughs) Jedi so uh speaking of standing up to criticism uh uh, I think you know where this is going oh no it's uh (laughs) I think it's Hamilton time my friend oh boy this is what we've all been waiting for the Hamilton discussion you and I have been DMing each other, venting mm-hmm. about Hamilton for weeks on end, just waiting for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually so no joke. Like I've been, I've been avoiding all because when I was sick, like it, my stress got super bad. Believe it or mm-hmm. not, yeah. And uh, and my stomach started doing this thing where I would just get like really nauseous whenever I get stressed. Mm-hmm. And I, for weeks, I've been able to. Uh, avoid that and then I was like just sort of talking over the like talking about the sort of Hamilton situation right now with my wife uh before we before we started recording and I I got (laughs) nauseous again for the first time (laughs) in weeks due to stress just the just the like sort of how much I don't because usually if, if there's like if there's just some absurd discourse happening I can just be like Okay, peace out. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all have fun with your dumbness. But it's just like, it's one of those things, especially recently, like, you know, my Hamilton video is responsible for like 15 to 20% of my subscribers. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It is. And it, it, like, that's the thing that, like, it just pushed me over 50,000. Uh, it was the thing that caused me to subscribe to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it is, it is something that, like, I have had such a literally this one of the coolest experiences of my life was uh, my my mom won the the Hamilton ticket lottery and so oh, like, wow. uh, over a year after or nearly two years after the uh, my Hamilton video came out uh, I finally got to go see Hamilton for the first time and uh, and in the lobby I walked into the lobby and part of the like one uh, person in the staff comes up to me and they're like. Hey, are you John from Make Stuff? And I was like, what? <laughs> that is a miracle. That is and, incredible, man. And she was like, she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a patron of yours. Wow. And and, uh, and also like the the stage manager here. <laughs> and it was like such a crazy. And and then I got to like, I got on the list to go up on the stage and everything after the show and. Uh, meet uh miguel cervantes who plays uh hamilton in chicago who's mm. fantastic that uh, is awesome and it was just like such a weird like such a major part of my life and so many successes and cool things that have happened in my life are all connected to hamilton and so yeah it like this is something that i was like yeah i i kind of need to confront yeah. mm. the the discourse right now which i think yeah. we should we should kind of like let's let's as 
sincerely and as earnestly as possible present like the the problems I am a hundred percent in agreement. Like yeah, exactly. I I think both of us <laughs> try to be defined on our YouTube channels by our empathy yeah, in, yeah. in our content. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that's definitely what I would try to do with, with responding to discourse. And I think also mm-hmm. something where we align a lot is uh, like I I was just talking about this with Ben, uh, who's Mr. Sunday Movies' his editor. Right. Um, saying basically like, you know, I don't usually like to make content, especially that is devoted entirely to just defending a thing or to yeah. uh, being angry that people are angry about a thing, right? Right, um, right. I don't like to make content that is motivated by anger, and and I think yeah, what I would want to do with a lot of this is also talk about the ways that the show has affected both of us personally, uh, mm-hmm. and and be very. Uh, positive in that sense but on the other hand i think it is very important to engage with the discourse <laughs> and yeah. not just pretend that it doesn't exist yeah because i i mean there are absolutely points that i just 100 percent agree with it's yeah it's the, yeah, the repercussion or what what follows those points that i that i get tripped up on yeah but like there are things where it's just like yeah i i a million percent understand that and i think that's that's the, that's why it's good to be sort of hesitant to do uh to create things defensively because yeah. then you are uh it be- it very much becomes that us versus them thing yes. so i i 100 want to establish like the people who are anti-hamilton i do not consider myself anti those people <laughs> i don't <laughs> consider myself on the other side of the fence or right. anything like yeah. this is it's it's people bringing up uh, a good amount of valid criticisms about yeah, uh, totally. a piece of art that is you know flawed, <laughs> and as much as I love it so so much, like mm-hmm. it, there are obviously things that are flawed, uh, and it's just one of those things where it's just like yeah we can we can talk about that, but then it's it's sort of the like and therefore Hamilton is bad that right. <laughs> that yeah. is where a lot of the resistance comes from on yes. my end. Yeah. I also think I think there are people well I don't know if I want to start with this but I, mm-hmm. I I think there are people who um were sort of predisposed to dislike it to begin with like who oh, yeah. just don't yeah. like Broadway or don't like theater shows don't like musicals and yeah. so then they're like well I might as well hate it for the problematic reasons right right uh, right rather than just being like it's not my cup of tea you know yeah um which I have a lot more respect for people who genuinely, earnestly think that it has harmful aspects to it. I think mm-hmm. I, I respect that more than someone just being like, "It's trash and it's overrated," and you yeah, know, going for that, only that fake quick. woke people like it, and it's you know whatever. And it's like you're just a hipster. Like you're not you're not <laughs> fighting for an activist thing, right? Like right, right. Going for that quick moral superiority fix. That, yes. Like that 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 dopamine hit of like I <laughs> I'm better than all these people that like this popular thing because I don't like it, and I'm yeah. saying it's for moral reasons. Like those yes, those people. Exactly. Which you know I I, I won't like. Yeah, like let's let's establish that. Yeah, if we will assume that if you're you're making an argument against Hamilton, it is in good faith and not yes. just uh, because I think that that is another issue is just the sort of uh, stripping anything of context or just clearly right. not understanding it well enough. Like you, you know, we saw that that tweet that was like. Uh, uh, Hamilton portrays Burr as a one-dimensional <laughs> villain, and it was yes. just 
the most mind-boggling thing I've seen in a while. Like that's like, wait, one so where you're it's saying you like, haven't no. seen the show? <laughs> yeah, like that's like yeah. it is. Burr's my favorite character. In yes, this. me too. And yeah, and it is. Uh, yeah, it's so it, there. There are those ones that I probably don't even deserve a response like that. Right. Where it's just like because again, it's it's that thing of like I don't like a specific thing about this, and it's kind of. Sp- spoiled my my uh my sort of it's made me biased towards everything else in it and i'm going mm-hmm. to point out everything that i don't like you know so like people who call the music corny or whatever it's like i don't care right. about your opinion on that <laughs> yeah you can you're, that. you're predisposed it's, to dislike it to begin broadway with why show. would you you know like there's never been a broadway show that has not been corny <laughs> as hell yes. like you can you can f- think that i don't care <laughs> yeah but, uh, but it's it's specifically so I think the I think the main sort of sincere stuff uh, I mean the big one is it, it considers uh, it's the fact that it it's either you can call it glorifying uh, slave owners yeah uh, or uh, or er- erasure of some characters like Washington being right. uh, slave owners and yeah. sort of retconning actual history to make Hamilton appear to be uh, more anti-slavery than he actually was and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I think the sort of the broad erasure of, of slavery uh, uh, or, or the glorification of slave owners being yeah. a, a major, I'd say probably the biggest anti-Hamilton point out there right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, so, and also keep in mind, we're also just a couple of white dudes. We're so. a couple of white dudes. So I, I will fully admit, <laughs> I will fully 100% embrace the fact that this is coming from that perspective uh, and and that uh, sort of experience. Uh, and I have I have listened as much as I can uh, to to the the positions and the arguments and the other perspectives that I could not possibly achieve in my yeah. lifetime. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, a uh, a plural of goose is geese, and a plural <laughs> of white man is podcast. <laughs> oh boy, so, is that accurate? That's us. <laughs> yeah, I I saw an article um, from CNN the other day that was a it was a discussion about the moral failures of Hamilton, and I was like, okay, let me see what this is about, mm-hmm. and I read it, and it was two people. And at the very start of the article, they say, the the one person says, I actually haven't seen the show. What about you? And the other person says, no, I haven't either. And then they have a discussion about the show. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But again, that's I, sort of I the think, bad faith kind of thing, I think, yeah, um, that, I that think we don't really need to address as much. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, and I also won't like, you know, I, I don't, don't want to don't. If you are pro Hamilton, don't uh, just automatically assume that anyone who's against it hasn't seen the show. Right. Like that's that's one of those that's that kind of like uh oh god, I don't even want to <laughs> but just it's it's upsetting how much of this uh in almost like an opposite way reminds me of like the sort of objective uh film criticism stuff and the uh and he who shall not be named (laughs) (laughs) we all know and (laughs) and uh the just this idea of like like that argument of like uh uh well you 
I know that someone uh, didn't like. I know one person didn't watch it because the the stuff is too long. The arguments are too long, uh, and <laughs> therefore. Uh, I will now imprint that argument against everybody who's ever spoken <laughs> out against this person. Uh, yeah. And this is now my and And I perceive that as the main argument being made against this person instead of all the valid things. Yeah. Is, Scarecrow. Is, you didn't watch it. Yeah. yeah. It, it's 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 uh, so, yeah, just I think that and and also like just to acknowledge there are some slight variations on that uh well it's it's problematic to to glorify slave owners oh yeah uh, i've i've seen variations on that that i also think are sort of bad faith arguments where like it's been reduced to well you have uh, black people uh, dressing up as slave owners and singing and dancing <laughs> and that like, that really? reminds me <laughs> like that reminds me so much of that like the Jojo Rabbit criticism that was going yes. around that's like you're having a Jewish man crack jokes dressed as Adolf Hitler where it's like you're not <laughs> actually you're stripping something of all of its context down to the most sort of like button pressy words you can right and then being like the absurdity of what I'm saying is what makes it bad yes <laughs> Not the content well, it, itself i also feel like specifically with that verbiage um mm-hmm. people say stuff like you're you're dressing up a bunch of white or a bunch of black men as slave owners and having them do this thing <laughs> yeah. and it's like you've deprived these artists yeah. of their agency yeah, David yeah. Diggs is not a tool of Lin Manuel yeah. Miranda. David Diggs is a brilliant artist who, oh, of yeah. his own accord, Everyone decided to be clipping. part of this Amazing. show. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's not. Yeah. And I think that's another issue I have with it is the way that people just act like somehow all of the black actors in Hamilton are somehow <laughs> being used or like they are yeah. they, they're brainwashed somehow Exploited, or something. Yeah. And I'm like. The, they're artists who chose to be in this. You can right. look at interviews where they respond to these criticisms with what they think about it. You know, like that's mm-hmm. they're not mindless machines, you know. Um, yeah. And I think that's especially especially David Diggs, who is yes. one of the most like outspoken and brilliant people and not for a second would I think like, oh, he's going to, you know, he's got a cover for his employers or anything like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> like, yeah. it's he is he has spoken. And while he was one of the people who was speaking out most against Jefferson, who he was p- portraying. Yes. Like, yeah. while it was still in production. And I remember about, him saying that all the way back in the documentary they made like three years yeah. ago. The, yeah. 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 Uh, and I and I use one clip from him because my Hamilton video. Go check it out; it's on YouTube. <laughs> Makes up studio. Do it. <laughs> uh, but the uh, uh, because my my video essentially culminates spoilers. Spoiler alert! In uh, saying like uh, these guys sucked. They were they weren't good. <laughs> A lot of them like like yeah. they owned other human beings, and that's not good. But they also did amazing things, and that like that should also be a you should be able to talk about both, and yes. that that's something that David talked about where he was like, uh, people are it is, people are more than one, just one thing. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. said like it's possible uh, that uh, Jefferson wrote these amazing words that all of us believe in and all of us stand by that kind of created this foundation for the country, uh, 
and he was a slave owner and an awful person. And he talks about how, like, you know, he's there are a lot of rappers that uh, have Mm -hmm. uh, homophobic lyrics that, you know, he just it's something that you have to come to terms with. uh, But it also applies to every human being who's ever existed. Yes. And yeah. And that is such a big crux of this whole conversation for me is is any amount of nuance or uh the amount of good versus the amount of bad because nothing is pure good and nothing is pure bad yes uh and so yeah i think i think that uh with that because i i i if if i understand correctly uh i'd say for the the people who can who uh point out uh erasure as uh as you know and and specifically you know there's another uh criticism of it that i i think is valid well just to say i agree with the washington thing where it's where i i think (laughs) that's the one i'm the most inclined to agree with too Yeah, yeah yeah like i i think that uh i think that you know they call out uh jefferson on his shit constantly in the yeah. play he he is the he is much closer to a villain in this play than burr is 100 oh, yeah. percent uh and and they call him out on on uh you know his fortune being founded in slavery and everything and uh and i think that uh it, it really is the the main argument there is just never even the closest they got to acknowledging that washington owned slaves in it is uh is uh what's his name chris jackson is that who played washington mm-hmm. uh like bows his head in shame when uh but during the last last song in the background when slavery is mentioned and that is and that <laughs> that, that that's pretty weak i'm gonna yeah. say uh and then also there's the and you know and that's what in my mind i'm like okay i agree with you on that and i think the the healthy thing to do is not say well destroy all copies of hamilton <laughs> stop showing this to our children stop showing it to anyone you're a bad person if you watch it like all the extreme sort of responses to it or just entirely it's a bad play it's not good right. which it, is the quality must be bad because i yeah. disagree with this choice it yeah, is yeah, not exactly talented in its production yeah go look at any tweet like or half the tweets in response to like Lindsay Ellis talking, even referencing Hamilton whatsoever, and it's like, yeah, it's, that's a really bad play, right? <laughs> where it's just like, that's that's the point where, I, like, yeah, it's it's such a weird uh, conclusion to come to. But then there's yeah. also the the arguments against, like, well, Hamilton, and this is something left out of the play. Uh, Hamilton, the the Schuyler family was a slave owning family. And he absolutely profited off of uh, slavery. He was probably served by slaves once he married into this family. Uh, like he, uh, he had this strong connection, and he apparently even, you know, uh, helped with certain transactions in yeah. uh, buying and, and selling trade uh, slaves, and uh, and which that that's where it gets a little murkier to me uh, in terms of good luck finding anyone who uh did not do that at that point right. in time yes in the same way that like because here the thing is i have no doubt that when people look back on our situation right now mm-hmm. uh people will say the amount of unregulated capitalism that led to uh 
essentially slavery and having, you know, prisoners mm-hmm. uh, yep. create, like, if you've had fish from Whole Foods, you've yep. eaten the, the, like, that's, that's slavery. That's the product of slavery. That's, that's people held against their will being forced to work. Uh, and like, hey, let's look at the tag on every piece of clothing you've ever owned. <laughs> and, and you were cool with, you can be anti anything you want. Uh, but you are still partaking in like awful things like child labor and yes. uh, horrifically underpaid and exploited workers. Like I, if you own a phone, <laughs> then you have you have benefited off of exploitation. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of those things where you can be against those things, but still uh, still in some capacity uh, perpetuate it because our entire economy and society right. is yeah. built on the foundation of those exploitations. Well, and that's uh, where I, I think mm-hmm. it, it, um, it applies, especially to the current conversation where we're talking about, you know, the brokenness of systems, which leads mm-hmm. to violence, especially against African-Americans. Um, yeah. yeah. And where there are lots of bad cops, but I yeah. think many people have acknowledged that it is a, it's it's a red herring to say that the bad cops are what we really need to go after. The the thing that is producing yeah. this is the system. It's not the yeah, individual. Exactly. And that's where I, I, I try to apply that same logic to history. You know, mm-hmm. I I think there are it doesn't mean what they did was right and it doesn't mm-hmm. mean they were great. But I think there is a there's so much nuance there where it's like Tell someone today, like, all right, never use technology ever again. Like, yeah, and yeah. it's really difficult, you know, Yeah. Um, no matter what moral convictions you have. And it's, um, I don't know, I, I think, obviously, again, it's very easy for us to talk about these things as two white dudes <laughs> without any yeah. emotional baggage behind it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think you've got to blame the system. It it can't be all on the individual. And it's mm-hmm. it's very easy for us to look back at Hamilton and be like, well, he should have just not done it then. You know, he should have yeah. just been a good person. How how hard is that? You know, and it's like you <laughs> yeah. you have no idea. Like uh. I I I really reject any um any moral judgment of history that allows me to feel better about myself, I think is bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I, <laughs> You know, you you go to any college classroom right now. Well, not right now because no one is in college classrooms right now. But you go to any college classroom on Zoom uh, and ask all the college students, you know, what would you have been doing during during the Civil War or during, you know, the Revolutionary War era? uh, Mm -hmm. If you had lived in the South during that time, everyone says, I would have been an abolitionist and I would have been fighting for for rights for slaves and everything. We all believe that we would have been the good guy and we would have been the ones standing it up to the system and sticking it up, you know, and whatever. When, like, the history shows us that the majority of people did not do that. And I I just really want to allow that to humble me, you know, to my own brokenness and my own capacity for for, uh, (laughs) sin and Mm – yeah, I, I think that's where I, I just really reject making comparisons of historical figures to our own to our own moral circumstance now. Yeah. Just yeah. in general, because it's impossible to know what any of us would have done at that time. Yeah. Um and yeah. I think just as it's difficult to acknowledge that the founding fathers were broken, 
because mm-hmm. that means that we live in a country that is founded on violence and brokenness. Yeah. Uh, it's also difficult to acknowledge that they weren't Hitler because that yeah. that means that we have that capacity too. you know, like, yeah, we have the capacity to participate in horrible systems without our even knowing it. And to not, you know, just like they say at the end of the play, it's never enough, you know, like we yeah. never do enough. And that's where I really I don't know. I, I want to allow stuff like that to humble me and not make me mm-hmm. feel like, well, I'm so lucky to be to have been born in 2000 because now I live in the good times and now we're moral <laughs> yeah. and now human nature is fine and we're, we're all we're good. We're actively destroying the world for future right? generations yes. with everything we do and we are exploiting so many people just so we can get things as cheaply as possible and as tiny as possible. And, and, like, and where, you know, mm-hmm. the the Black Lives Matter movement has Mm -hmm. only taken, you know, it's taken this long to reach where it is. And it's only becoming a thing now because it's widely accepted, in America at least, to stand up against racism, right? Yeah, yeah. People have been standing up against racism for decades and been rejected because it wasn't the widely held belief, you know? Yeah. Um, And I think we all, like, I'll admit it myself, like, I... I didn't do enough before now. And oh, now yeah. Yeah. I think I'm doing, quote unquote, my part, whatever mm-hmm. that means. But I, like I'm doing it now that it's socially acceptable. Right. Like, and yeah. that's, yeah. you know, we all are products of that. Yeah. And it's just it's just not understanding, like, you know, in the way that our economy now is built on exploitation. The economy back then was built on slavery. And that doesn't taking part in that economy in the same way that you're taking part of the economy right now doesn't mean that you're a capitalist fascist and that you can (laughs) be against these things. Like, I mean, look, at this is something I struggled with a lot with uh, YouTube because Mm -hmm. uh, I demonetized my videos so that YouTube would no longer make money off my videos because of (laughs) how like how totally screwed their whole thing is with uh with just influencing younger susceptible minds and radicalizing people uh with i respect that man boosting all of you yeah just just boosting those things but then also it's gotten to this point where it's like but i'm also still on youtube yes (laughs) and even though i am anti youtube's policy I am still using their platform. Same goes for Twitter. Same goes for all these things that every one of us uses. Uh, and it's just like, yeah, if you can, if you can live your life without uh, without any sort of exploitation uh, of anyone else, like, wow. And then, either, and then also, if you live in America, congrats. That's literally impossible because you live on stolen land. And, <laughs> and it's just like, and yeah. it's it's a matter of it's not just existing. Just merely existing in this at this point in in time, uh, like, and then also, you know, I I technically, in the same way that Hamilton uh, married into a, a slave owning family, uh, my my wife's dad is rich, and it's like mm-hmm. I'm sure he does not he pays people, you know probably the minimum wage instead of what they might deserve to be paid uh and stuff like that where it's just like am i complicit in not screaming at him for uh for (laughs) supporting uh the the uh you know forcing people to do overtime or not giving them long enough lunch breaks or something like it is so I, i i'm just saying and this is all not to i'm sure that hamilton was not 
like you know maybe hamilton could have spoken out more and that's fine but this whole this whole concept of uh he existed in these times and did not end slavery and therefore (laughs) it is bad and therefore he's an awful person is bonkers call him an awful person for cheating on his wife too please (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that's another thing is that he is not again i think that i think washington is probably the only one that you could uh accuse them of glorifying in this he hamilton is not glorified no. i dare you to watch act two and not be like man he's kind of an arrogant asshole like yeah, you know. he's, he's uh he is an idiot he is yeah he is he like especially when the whole play it's like eliza is the best most supportive like something that makes me cry every time is the uh is him going back and finding out she's pregnant and mm-hmm. the like the the uh the whole like i love your mind and it's just like the reason like her talking about why she loves him like it just just destroys me because it's like that's such a nice beautiful love Mm -hmm. that she has Mm -hmm. for him and he's like well i can't say no to this (laughs) so i'm gonna ruin her whole life (laughs) by being an idiot and it's just like yeah no you're a piece of garbage but i think i think what it ultimately comes down to because you know if we if we hold people by the standards of their time like all of Shakespeare is out because he does not include every terrible thing that was happening in every one of his historical <laughs> plays. And right. like so many things are, are uh, just out. Uh, like you cannot watch them or enjoy them anymore. Uh, and again, you know, I'm not making this, this sort of false dichotomy of you can either accept it with all of its flaws and be totally happy with it, or you have to cancel it entirely. I think that's the right. problem is that people have made this dichotomy. But just, you know, in the same way that you watch Dumbo knowing what parts are racist like right. and, and wrong, like that yeah. doesn't mean you cannot watch Dumbo ever again. It's just you go into that uh, and this is a this is a window into, you know, how people have felt and how how people have acted. And I think that, uh, you know, it kind of it kind of reminds me of like like to to say we need to we need to stop uh watching hamilton cuz the thing for me is how much good it has done versus yes. how much bad it has generated and that's what it, it entirely comes back to cuz i wish hamilton was perfect in the same way that i wish everything was perfect <laughs> and i accept that it isn't and this is where i love your greatest showman video so much mm. cuz it it totally nails it uh but that that idea of like when I look at when I watch uh, Greatest Showman, it's like I, I knew how much of a piece of trash P.T. Barnum was. Like right. he was awful. He was an awful person. Yeah. Uh, but then I think about way okay, worse than the Founding Fathers. I would argue. Oh, gosh, <laughs> he was he was terrible. He was real bad. Uh, talk about exploitation, Jesus. <laughs> uh, but like watching that and just thinking like, okay. What is the bad that this movie is doing? It's glorifying uh, or or uh, shining in a much better light than he deserves this this historically crappy person. Uh, I don't think there is an uptick in terms of re- repercussions of the Greatest Showman. I don't think there is an uptick in like abused uh, circus animals <laughs> or <laughs> the exploiting uh, of uh, people with disabilities or something. Like I don't think that it it did much bad other than it it improved this guy's legacy that did not deserve an improvement of legacy on the other hand as someone who has struggled with fluctuating weight and uh and depression and stuff Mm. like the song this is me is one of the most powerful like just to see like oh 
a, a fat person ha- now has an <laughs> anthem. Like that's mm. amazing. And it's it is yeah. I think like I think that song alone is worth the existence of that and it has done more good than like any dumb uh like if the if people want to walk out of this play that obs- that inc- or this uh movie that includes such historical inaccuracies and they're dumb enough to believe that all those things happened <laughs> like <laughs> sure those those people can exist and i'm fine with those people existing uh while you know but we shouldn't make all of our creative decisions based on those people <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah i think that's and, that's one of my problems with it is that mm-hmm. i think a lot of people view this stuff through the lens of like well I know that that's not what the show was going for, or I know that's mm-hmm. not what the movie was going for. But what if dumb people watch it? What if they don't get yeah. that? What if they misinterpret it? You know, it's the same yeah. thing where like some people blame like Fight Club for not being clear enough uh, because some people have misinterpreted it as like right. being pro Fight Clubs, <laughs> and it's like that's right. on them. You know, like they they put it in the text. The text is about that. You know, and all art requires risk and if the art doesn't Mm -hmm. have some form of ambiguity then it's not art it's not something Mm -hmm. that is thought-provoking whatsoever it's not something you can engage with um and that's where i think there's just such a lack of trust in the public and a trust Mm -hmm. in people to engage with art intelligently and to be able to see the flaws and and the strengths and um and I think by all means, there are people who have not, you know, uh, don't know about the inaccuracies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I would totally encourage people to enlighten them on those fronts. And I think I- I'm totally for, you know, people talking about the, the things that the show does not include and the things yeah. that the show gets wrong. Because uh, I think that's what engaging intelligently with the art is. Uh mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you have to cancel Hamilton. It doesn't mean that you have to say that it's done more harm than good or mock it or mock its creator and act like he's a bad person or something, yeah. you know, like, like all this uh, stuff. It, it, that, that is where and that's that's where like looking at the good that Hamilton has done versus the bad is like because that that's where I'm, I'm tripping up is just trying to imagine like, OK, worst case scenario, these people start to idolize slave owners uh specifically let's say washington uh yeah. let's say someone who came into this play and like you said it's the people who decide to take this as historically accurate and when i'm thinking like you know what the first tip off is that it's not <laughs> perfectly historically a- accurate it's that hamilton wasn't a puerto rican <laughs> <laughs> and Burr was not black, and it's like immediately the, from the second the lights go on, you say, "Oh, this is taking uh, liberties with the historical accuracy of this uh, for the sake of st- of telling a specific story and delivering a specific message." Mm-hmm. And so, if you are if you are then assuming like, uh, "Oh, so I they man, I can't believe Washington was such a good singer." <laughs> Like it's also there is so much suspension of disbelief necessary uh, for a a musical of the founding fathers uh, that is almost entirely people of color. 
to to function at all to, for you to walk into that and accept it like it's it's almost it's the idea of someone looking at that and and being like they didn't rap back then like of course <laughs> not but like so that that is this weird and that's something that when I was talking to it uh, talking about it with my wife she was talking about how like it's just it it thinks that the people who think that Hamilton is doing uh, actively doing a lot of bad are the people that think that art somehow exists in a vacuum and that no one uh, will, like, yes. no one could possibly find out. And if anything, Hamilton is encouraging people to become more engaged in yes, American history exactly. and learn more. It encouraged me. I was still in high school, and I became so much more interested in finding out the truth about American history because it was a show that illuminated the fact that these were people. Like, I, that they I weren't honestly, statues. Yeah, I honestly think that... Hamilton has done more to vilify and humanize Thomas Jefferson than yes. anything like anything else. Oh yeah, before I saw Hamilton, I thought he's one of the founding fathers and he was probably cool or whatever. He owned slaves, yeah, but he yeah. was probably a smart guy, I don't know. Yeah. And then I saw the show and I was like, "Oh wow, he was a big jerk." <laughs> like Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's just like it, it's the one of the most important things is that it humanizes these people who before Hamilton in pop culture were gods were American yes, gods exactly yeah. and and it is it does more to show a lot of their flaws than anything else and yes there is the weird like sort of incomprehensible leaving out of uh you know Washington owning slaves that I feel like is more for emotional manipulation reasons or just emotional impact of the show. It's, right. It's to tell a story that's compelling, which I yeah, understand, yeah. you know, but and yeah. To just to, and also something to consider is that the, the, the musical is from Hamilton's perspective. And that was right. absolutely Washington from Hamilton's perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, just this, this idea of like, so the worst case scenario with Hamilton is that people think Washington is a god, and I can promise you no one came into that thinking he was flawed and then thought, like, oh, he's actually amazing. Like, the people going into that that came out of it thinking it, thinking that he's a god went into it thinking he's a god because they yes, live in, right. the, like, that is, a, that is what we are taught as in school is, yeah. uh, you know, because we are taught that he had wooden teeth and when he actually had the teeth of slaves and stuff <laughs> like that. Like, yeah. like we are constantly brainwashed by this stuff. Yeah. And I think Hamilton does so much. Like, they are, Hamilton is 98% there in terms of, in terms of sullying the, the image of these people and showing how human they are. And so that, like, I think, like, you know, if for the 10 cases of that where someone came out of that play thinking, oh, George Washington was a great guy and nothing was wrong with him. Also, I don't know, especially the active massive damage that is being done by that uh, beyond because like, you know, beyond the status quo. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. we already we already know slavery is terrible. And also, that's another thing. It's like, are you afraid that people are going to think that being a slave owner was okay because of this play <laughs> because right. also because the play is very anti-slavery in many yeah. many respects and it's a largely black yeah. cast <laughs> and it's right. like if it, like it's so 
Yeah, and and that's that's also a thing. It's like, oh, it's retconning the story specifically so the play can be anti-slavery and so that the yeah. more sympathetic people uh, are pro-slavery. Well, see, that's that is where I think, uh, and I I've been thinking about this in terms of sort of the the um, feminist point as well, where I think the show that I think there are there are two struggling demands on what people want this show to be Mm -hmm. on the one hand people want it to be really woke and they want it to Mm -hmm. you know to to have empowerment and to empower people and to have feminism and to have anti-racism and all this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. which i think it does in many respects right right on the other hand they want it to be really historically accurate and portray history exactly as it was and so i've seen in the same review one time i read a review where someone said that they that Angelica in real life in the historically accurate documentation we have of her was not this pro feminism you know mm-hmm. like social justice warrior like right. you know lover of women empowerment that she's portrayed in the show and then in that same review they say uh Hamilton utterly fails the Bechdel test there you know women don't talk to each other about anything other than men and they just exist as they're they're just you know uh, wives of their husbands and they're to mm-hmm. support them and all this kind of stuff and I go like you can't have it both ways you know like mm-hmm. people want a show that is historically accurate and if you want that then it's gonna fail the Bechdel test right like it's gonna yeah. It, it will yeah, have a lot of sexism that, in it. But then the they also want as, it to be woke, which mm-hmm. means that you're going to have to twist history to some extent, which I think is what the show does. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't, if they weren't twisting history, it'd be nothing but racist stuff coming out of their mouths <laughs> anytime right. there was a well, person of color. I feel around. like that's what I said about The Greatest Showman as well, mm-hmm. is that the, the movie that people claim to want... <laughs> Mm-hmm. with The Greatest Showman. That when, when people criticize The Greatest Showman, they say, you know, P.T. Barnum was a monster and this movie doesn't show that and the movie yeah. should have shown what a monster he was and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, well, that movie wouldn't have inspired people. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a really depressing movie. Yeah. And it wouldn't have had the positive change that this movie has had. And so I always, I can't help but feel when people demand these things from this stuff that it's like, well, that's a totally different thing. That's not, you're not working with this constructively. You're not engaging with it intelligently. You're just yeah. saying, I expected it to be this totally different thing than than what it was, you know, yeah. rather yeah. than judging it as what it was trying to be. Yeah, uh, and, and I think you know. that, you know, I think a lot of people would say in that scenario, like, okay, well, instead of trying to reconcile those two things, just don't make the just play. Don't like, make why, did right. he, yeah. why did he have to, why did he have to use these people and I think that just look at the response to the play and the impact the play has had, and that kind of answers the question of why did he have to use the Founding Fathers, is because they are, it's it's literally America's mythology. It's yeah. literally, it is, like, so, so the... I think this is when, like, you know, talking about, you know, so there's the, the misinformation is, is the major, the the you know uh the flaw of 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 the play that is that you know like you said it's 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 kind of it's you can't really reconcile those things like it doesn't really work if you try to reconcile those two things uh and uh but when you look at the good it's done 
it being about the founding fathers, uh, like, because this isn't the first, this isn't the first, uh, you know, uh, like hyper diverse cast Broadway show like that's ever existed or off it was off Broadway <laughs> show that's ever existed. Yeah. But this is the first one that, you know, the, that a huge, huge amount of people care about, uh, specifically, uh, because it is like, it is using that, that setup of it's a racially diverse cast as the founding fathers. And it's a hip hop musical. Yeah. Like it is the fact that it is this story that it, uh, has reached the amount of people that it has. Uh, and just looking at like, uh, there have been the amount of good it's done in terms of, uh specifically i mean let's look at the black lives matter movement right yeah. lynn was lynn was immediately immediately on board and they used the proper like the actual hamilton twitter profile to say they are pro black lives matter and like and there have been so many lines from the play like it, uh this is not a moment it's a movement yeah. that have inspired people and if you look at how much the perspective has shifted in the last two months uh, towards that movement. Mm -hmm. um, like is, and not, I'm not, don't worry, I'm not claiming it's because of Hamilton. Uh, <laughs> but the, the amount that it has shift, shift in the, in the last two months, uh, like towards the positive on a national scale um, is, is insane. And it doesn't get to be that way without reaching like i mean it, because essentially it's this exact same movement as the civil rights movement yes <laughs> it is the it's identical and yeah. yet why is it changing now and it is because the, the we have gotten our pop culture hooks into it uh yeah. and and it has become uh and the fact that and i think this is the greatest good that hamilton does for anyone is the fact that it has taken a well-known story of revolution and it has given us the visual of look, people of color and and yes. a largely yes. black cast yeah. is 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 it, there can be a revolution and it's showing you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, it is it is showing the yeah. power that people have. And that is something that has been so exciting about this movement lately, is people are understanding the power they have. And something that was again, that's what's what's so brilliant about doing the founding fathers through the lens of people of color is that it is showing like we can still have this we can still have this revolution mm -hmm. this wasn't a one time thing and it wasn't because they were because they were white this is still achievable uh and it was in a weird way a vision of the future <laughs> yeah well no i i think it contributes to the zeitgeist in general yeah. you know I, I think people expect hamilton to be this one piece of art changed the world forever, you know, and I, I think it doesn't do that. No art does that, but it contributed to the zeitgeist of seeing people of color in roles of revolutionaries, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, rather than, you know, I think after seeing Hamilton, it's easier to then look at the Black Lives Matter movement, movement and be like, this is a revolution. These aren't mm -hmm. protests or whatever you want to call them. This is a revolution, you know, because mm -hmm. you've seen the imagery of our country's revolution through the lens of people of color doing that. You go, oh, yeah. wait, it's no different. 
And yeah. that actually instills that imagery in your mind and allows you to see the present differently because of that. Yeah, it's it's literally like if they had to to make this, you know, the version that, of the play that people seem to want, if they had made this about the Black Panther movement mm-hmm. instead of the Founding Fathers, so many of the people that it uh, that are suddenly empathizing with these with the people they're seeing on the stage mm-hmm. would have never stepped foot in that theater. Correct. And yeah. would have and would have never listened to this and would have seen it as propaganda and seen yeah. it as, you know, social and justice. And some saw this shit. as propaganda, right? As, yeah, uh, yeah. Even casting the founding fathers. But like, I think that's where I um I people expect some like they want they they think that this piece of art should have been like the most you know edgy political like it's it's gonna provoke everyone by saying all the truth all at once you know and I think just what you're saying half the mm-hmm. audience wouldn't have set foot in there and thus wouldn't have been changed by it yeah. and it would only be preaching to the choir and that's where I I think what people don't realize is that artists have to make concessions for mm-hmm. appeal and yeah. to to have an audience you can't just say the boldest claim ever and only and you know that will turn off a lot of people from mm-hmm. what you're trying to say versus i think by doing a musical about the founding fathers rather than about the black panthers you get an audience that wants that and also the woke audience and then people are changed by it mm-hmm. and, and it contributes to the zeitgeist of the culture um that's where I – yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think art can never achieve everything at once and it can't yeah. be everything, all things to all people at all times. Um, mm-hmm. All art has to make some sort of concession to to have some appeal. And if and I think specifically with art like this, Lynn wanted it to have that appeal because he wanted people to be changed by it, right? Yeah. Rather than being the most provocative thing ever, which ultimately changes no one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he saw the things that inspired him w- with rap uh, mm. in the story of Hamilton and saw that way to sort of bridge that divide that literally nothing else ever has. <laughs> like, yeah. like, ever. And and so so just the fact when it goes, when it comes down to, because I, like... With sort of quote unquote objective critics, uh, you ask like any any one of them, uh, what is an objectively good film, and their whole argument falls apart because there's nothing that they can point to that doesn't that isn't flawed that is that is perfect. Like yeah. there is no objectively good film, so therefore objective criticism is dumb. <laughs> essentially (laughs) or or the idea of expecting a film to be objectively good is dumb because then you can make those arguments against everything and so in those insane standards i feel like we're seeing so much here where it's just like this idea of well it needs to be all good no bad and it's just like just everything is a trade-off everything is a compromise Mm -hmm. and to see uh including appeal and including who's going to see it because you know i could i someone could make the argument like uh blind spotting is is a more effective film than hamilton is a musical and i could yeah. be like cool I, my parents aren't going to watch fucking blind spotting uh-huh. <laughs> like it's just not going to happen i uh, totally i think blind spotting is in many ways more effective oh but yeah I, like, uh, my grandparents aren't going to watch it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah and so so in terms in factoring in appeal 
and in factoring in what is what is realistic and and uh, what could invade the pop culture, uh, I think that you know the bad of Hamilton absolutely is you know glorifying uh, Washington, uh, kind of uh, skimming over slavery for the sake of of uh, characterization, uh, but then in exchange for that. Uh, and, you know, like we said, you know, the, the worst case scenario is someone walks out of there misinformed uh, and then they have to click on Twitter for one second to see that Washington <laughs> was bad. Uh, and uh, and the good of that is now we have not only do we have a whole generation of uh, children of color suddenly realizing, oh, I the, the arts and theater is something I can actually do and to be successful in, which is huge and getting them uh, involved in the arts. Uh, And also the same goes for American history and actually enlightening themselves more than whatever, whatever uh, misinformation you think that this is, this is, uh, you know, throwing into the world. And then also just giving, literally giving us a, a, uh, a vision of a black revolution is one of the most powerful not in a million years did i think i'd ever see that in in, as one of the most popular things in the world is this is this retconning of american uh uh history to show us a black revolution is one of the most i think like so powerful and so effective and this is where we could speak with authority as a white person (laughs) like who who uh, you know so much of my family is white and so much of like i have so many conservative family members uh i mean well speaking of speaking of my wife's father who's the who's the you know rich capitalist who uh you know watches fox news and stuff he's like oh that Lin-Manuel Miranda is so talented <laughs> and so like he likes yeah. he he likes Hamilton he well, like, and, like, and the thing is some people see that as a weakness some yeah. people see that as well then it wasn't bold enough you know the fact yeah. that like that uh Mike Pence went to go see the show they're like well that means it wasn't good or now it's bad or or you know obviously right. it's not offensive enough it just plays to the establishment you know right. and i'm like no that means I think when a piece of art manages to move everyone ac- across the political spectrum mm-hmm. while also still saying things and doing things that are empowering and mm-hmm. further an agenda, that is totally an achievement. That's yeah. totally a success. Yeah. And it's strange that in in many people's minds, it seems that the idea of success is something that would have turned off half of the mm-hmm. audience, right? Yeah, <laughs> that would have yeah. been made half the audience mad and made them just invalidate it in their minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, that would have just preached to the choir, who was already predisposed to agree with whatever they were going to say to begin with. Yeah, I think uh, the the thing that struck me earlier when I was thinking about this is like the idea of in that whole good versus bad and choosing what you include. Uh, I was just thinking, like, what if there was, like, what if there is a video essay, to put it in our language, <laughs> um, about Kubrick cinematography? And let's say it was made, like, by a woman and with the express purpose of trying to inspire women to get into filmmaking. Uh-huh. And they use the example of Kubrick because we have so much to learn from Kubrick in terms of filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, to to show the potential of cinematography and to inspire people. And then the equivalent of someone coming into the comments of that video and saying, Stanley Kubrick treated Shelley Duvall terribly. 
horrifically <laughs> during the during the he, he verbally abused her. He claimed it was for yeah. the sake of the performance, but it was inexcusable. And he did this really terrible thing. Uh, and therefore, this video essay should not exist. It should have yes. never inspired the people it inspired. It's a great metaphor. I like, love it. <laughs> he, like it is, we should never watch another Kubrick thing again or learn from any of the good things that he accomplished, uh, despite them being very hard for him to accomplish at the time, uh, in the system he was in. Yeah. Uh, we, we need to ignore every lesson we can learn from this because he was awful in this specific way that therefore invalidates every mm-hmm. uh, worthwhile thing or uh, thing that could improve us as people that he otherwise did. And yeah. you should delete this video. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and this is actually a bad video. This is bad, yeah. actually. <laughs> and, and like that, that to me seems insane. Like yeah. that seems absurd to me, and it doesn't. And that video existing does not may, mean it forgives Kubrick for treating Shelley Duvall like total no. shit. And that's just he is not still what it was trying to address. Doing right? Yeah, and it's yeah. like you know, same goes for if there's anything uh, positive about something that Disney achieved. Uh, in terms of like, if you're an animation student and learning animation, it's like, we can't teach you anything about Disney because he was awful when it came to unions and he might have been <laughs> an anti-Semite. So unfortunately, we cannot teach you any of the lessons of yeah. Disney's innovations or anything that he produced. And it's like, what is happening? See, this is why this is why I like you, because you just said might have been that that makes me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, have I done my research on Disney? Yeah, me too. Uh, well, see, that's that's a thing is where I I think you and I will totally agree on this because we both love The Last Jedi. And mm-hmm. one of the main takeaways from The Last Jedi for me is the notion of Luke Skywalker was a messed up dude. He 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 almost tried to kill his nephew and mm-hmm. he made a lot of mistakes and he went into hiding. Mm-hmm. And yet he the the idea of luke skywalker the the mythology of luke skywalker the mm-hmm. the image of what luke skywalker is to children ultimately inspires the resistance to keep going and inspires yeah. them to to uh to have hope and i think that's a similar thing with history and with figures in general uh with these things that become mythologized you know i mm-hmm. walt disney was a man he, I, I cannot say for certain if he was an anti-Semite. I, I lean towards less so. <laughs> yeah, I but mean, I, it's it's very much that it's very much that uh, sort of uh, it gets so murky once you're considering the context of the time and right, what was exactly what wasn't yeah. even thought about back then. But that so, yeah. so I have no problem with saying that Walt Disney is one of my heroes. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's someone who has ceaselessly inspired me throughout all of my life. I have mm-hmm. looked up to Walt Disney as someone who was so ahead of his time and doing so many different things at once and uh, furthering all these mediums and and kept moving forward. And I really have been inspired by the idea of Walt Disney as well as the real man. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I found out that he was for sure an anti-Semite, mm-hmm. I would still be inspired by the idea of Walt Disney, by the things that he achieved, by the, by the things that he did do. Yeah. Um, it's a similar thing with, I mean, for much of my childhood, I looked up to J.K. Rowling as as an author and as a as a role model for a, a person that I would want to, you know, 
I would want to be a writer like that. Um, mm-hmm. Now she has <laughs> outed herself as someone not exactly worth looking up to. Uh, right. But in many ways, I'm still inspired by her story uh, pre that. <laughs> I'm yeah, still inspired yeah. by the way that she was nearly homeless and wrote mm-hmm. this amazing fantasy series, right? I mean, that's, that's, that is my favorite track on Hamilton is Hurricane by a million. Yes. And, mm. and it, just that idea of because I, I very much came from nothing and I have, and I have consistently valued, uh, you know, doing like creating my art and writing my way out is has been my my mantra for for mm. a, a decade and and so like that you know and that that song is the this is me of Hamilton <laughs> for me where like uh where I think about the the people that could inspire and even though it resulted in him doing the dumbest thing he ever did, I was going to say, I was like, I, I think it was, uh, yeah, don't, the don't gateway apply to that logic sin, to but, an uh, affair, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but like the, and I think I think that's another major factor is like, you know, it it becomes so much more nuanced with like uh, like especially comparing Hamilton to to Harry Potter, where it's like. Considering who you're supporting, uh, or even like with with you know P.T. Barnum or something like where mm-hmm. there are people who are like you can't like this because it glorifies P.T. Barnum. It's like he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> he's dead. And I'm guessing that his I'm guessing that his ancestors, uh, his descendants, uh, are not uh, are not still abusing animals and exploiting former slaves and everything like yeah. i'm i'm guessing they they wrapped that up and so it's just like what why do you care why do you care at all and yeah. uh and it's like you know it gets way murkier where it's like uh you know with the i've actually been rereading harry potter i of <laughs> course i started right before all the all the shit went down and uh <laughs> And but it's just been like uh, it's just been like okay here's another lens with which I am looking through this uh, looking at this book and it does taint it to a certain capacity but do I feel immoral for reading this thing well I bought the book used and she's not seeing a penny from it and it's like I'm not uh, I am not endorsing like the things I take from Harry Potter are not anti trans human like things and. and also, yeah, like talk about world building. Like, oh my gosh, Harry Potter is a masterclass in in uh, yeah. in that kind of stuff. And like, Harry Potter is the only thing I've ever seen where the exposition is is the entertainment. <laughs> like, yeah. where I love learning more about this world mm. and stuff. And so, I think there are so many. And if I saw a video essay that's like, here's all the cool stuff that Harry Potter pulls off, so that you can learn how to do these things too. Uh, like that, that would be. You know, I, I think that'd be very worthwhile and incredible. While also, feel free. Like, I am the first person to say, screw J.K. Rowling for her her <laughs> current positions, like, and the damage she's doing. And I yeah. will not support her financially. I'm not going to. And, you know, if I did, it would probably be a drop in the very large bucket. But still, like, that's yeah. just a personal choice I'm making. And it's just like, I, I can't, I mean, the people who are fans of Ender's Game have been dealing with this for, for years and years. <laughs> the OGs. And, yeah. 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 
And, you know, and like I said, with, you know, Disney and with everything, like, there are, I, you know what, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say Disney was anti-trans. <laughs> like, I'm going to, I'm going to take a <laughs> Who wild can guess. say, really? But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, like, you know, maybe he wasn't the wokest person alive, this Disney. And, uh, and so, you know, it's just, it's this. It's this thing where it's just like, especially that's why it's so frustrating with Hamilton. It's like, oh no, you're supporting Lynn, who is one of the greatest voices for for diversity and right. for tolerance. Yeah. Uh, and he is, you know, he is on that like Obama level of like appealing to people who would have never been appealed by this message before. Uh, yeah. Where where it's just like he is reaching such an audience. And and it's it's a matter of it's a matter of uh, opening people up to the message rather than cramming it mm-hmm. down their throat. And he he has done it fantastically. I think there's a difference between the words aspire and inspire, um, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to historical figures. I think when you're a kid, you tend to aspire to be different role models that you mm-hmm. have. You know, I yeah. talked about when I was a kid, I, I aspired to be like J.K. Rowling. Um, mm-hmm. Right. I think what I've realized is that you can be inspired by people, broken people, mm-hmm. without aspiring to be those people. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I would even say that I, I don't really think anyone is worth aspiring to be. I think the only person that you should aspire to be is yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. And in many ways, that can be because you've been inspired by others. Uh, I have no shame in admitting I, I am deeply deeply inspired by the person of alexander hamilton i have a a sticker on my laptop that says hamilton wrote the other 51 and it (laughs) inspires me to write and to continue to write and to Mm -hmm. be a voice for change with what i write um but that doesn't mean that i'm aspiring to be (laughs) i'm not aspiring to own slaves like he did right? right right um and i think that's where again it's a matter of engaging intelligently with things and uh just seeing how we all take things from broken people and and try to be better uh, even with our parents you know we all try to inherit the good things that we learned from the people who raised us and to reject the things that we disagree with and that's fine you know that's healthy mm-hmm. um yeah i i i have been and maybe we can get into this a little bit to wrap it up like i mm-hmm. hamilton has inspired and changed me to a huge extent and that's why I defend it so vehemently because I love it and I've been so moved by it um when I first listened to the show I have I've been obsessed and and (laughs) haunted by the idea of legacy and the idea of running out of time for my whole life I I have wanted to constantly do things to make sure that I don't run out of time you know I need Mm -hmm. to be writing and making and and always achieving so that I can so that I can make my mark and have a legacy and and write like I'm running out of time and the show was something that really enlightened me to the idea that like Hamilton was amazing because he did that and yet also it was his over it was his hubris it was his ego it was his focus on writing like he was running out of time mm-hmm. that allowed him to ignore his his wife right before him and allowed him to disregard the relationships in his life that really mattered and that's something that has profoundly stuck with me and really caused me to to stay down to earth you know and not 
let my art and my productivity be the center of my life at all times, even though at the same time I'm very inspired by the way that he uh, was so productive and and did use his words to make such a huge change, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think that I think that flawed people make the greatest uh, I don't know if role model is the right word, but the the greatest source of self betterment sources for inspiration. Yeah, yeah because yeah. not only am I like you take the good and then you learn from the bad, and if you are only presented with the good, then you don't know, then you don't have the full picture, and yeah. if if nothing like. Like, I am so grateful that I can, like, you know, I've been, uh, you are, here's a, here's a Houston exclusive and you're going to love <laughs> the, uh, the next make stuff, Whew, make stuff We can video. advertise this. Uh, yeah. because it is, it is about, it's ultimately about that, like, artist versus business person dynamic. Mm. Uh, yeah. and it is about three people, the careers of three people, and it is Walt Disney, George Lucas, and Peter Jackson. Yes, and, this sounds great already. <laughs> and uh, and that is something that like, you know, and as someone who's always aspired to be like, uh, you know, I love I love make stuff has always been built from the ground up as like, I don't want it to be just my voice. And I want to expand and bring in as many people as possible and everything. Mm-hmm. And so like looking at Lucas and all of the brilliant, like, you know, Skywalker ranch was, is, is like Disney world for, for creatives. So essentially <laughs> how he envisioned it and like all these yeah. amazing ideas he had and also how well he treated his staff and everything and, mm. uh, and the quality of life stuff. And then looking at Disney and seeing like, okay, this is how, this is how he took off. This is how he spoke to audiences. This is, uh, like in taking all those lessons from him, but also being like, I'm going to avoid all of these pitfalls of the union stuff he got into. <laughs> and, and the, the, uh, like with all of them, George Lucas with, uh, you know, uh, especially like return of the Jedi and stuff being like very controlling about his vision and, uh, and both somehow being a great collaborator and a terrible collaborator <laughs> and not listening to any criticism and stuff hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and just like the, the, the thing is like every one of these people are deeply flawed and screwed up in many ways. Uh, and like I, and all of that, every piece of information from that is, is, uh, useful to me and is, and helps me grow into a better person. Uh, yeah. and while also being deeply flawed and screwed up in yeah, many ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause, yeah. cause unfortunately I'm one of those, uh, human being things and, <laughs> and, uh, and we're, we're not always the best and it's just about learning from those flaws and who knows, I'm, I, I'm, I'm entirely open to a year from now looking back at this podcast and being like, boy, did I have my head up my ass. It's a hundred percent a possibility, and like I, I have said, achieved perfection now, <laughs> and now I can look back. <laughs> and like, like I said, this is this is a we have a very narrow perspective on on like yeah. I think such an important thing with all of this is just humility and and maintaining yes. that humility. And again, yeah. that's why I keep shitting on objective critics because <laughs> you think you know because I think how they are the, the embodiment film. of lack of humility. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, and it's it's uh, this is something that I brought up on uh, uh, Lone Chemist's podcast that it always always sort of 
I mean, applies to everything. But I, when I was a teen, I mean, I was like, I was big into philosophy and I was big into uh, film. So I was essentially just <laughs> film Twitter incarnate, like woke <laughs> film Twitter incarnate. And uh, so I like, I would just go on and on and up, up to my like, you know, early 20s and stuff. Like I, I would, there were just certain things I would be so cocky about. And I, I was 100% that debate me type of guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, one thing that I love to rant about was uh, how uh, toilet paper, how there is like specifically if I went to a friend's place and they had the toilet paper uh, like facing the wrong way on the roll uh, where where it's like where it wasn't coming off of the front, but it was go- coming off of the back, uh, then I would be like, it is objectively dumb to have toilet paper <laughs> coming off of the back. It's harder to reach if it's further wow. away from you. This is like you self-parody, can't... man. <laughs> no, it was literally, I was like, you can press down on the front and like with one finger and like rip it off. Like you don't, you need both hands if it's in the back and you have to pull it further to make sure you can rip it and all this stuff. And like, <laughs> I'm like, there is, there is absolutely a right way to do this. And I was going on my rant uh, uh, that I had gone on many times before because I thought of every option. I was like, there is no way in which I am wrong about this every time it is always objectively better to have it facing forward and then i was at a party because i'm just great at parties <laughs> and <laughs> and i was going on i was doing my rant i was doing my whole shtick and then someone was like what if you have a cat and i was like what <laughs> and they're like yeah well if you have a cat uh and the cat bats at it if it's facing forward it'll unravel but if it's facing backwards it just loops Oof. around man and I, was, and I was like oh wait a second I don't have a cat. And so because of my limited perspective, this has never occurred to me. That is an me. incredible anecdote. And I was just, boy, did that just, it, it both, both <laughs> humiliated me and humbled me. And, yeah. and I ever, like, that was such a, that was such a major, like, hey, maybe I should apply this to other parts of my life too, where I, yeah. I admit the shortcomings of my singular perspective and that's why it's important to look into as many perspectives and arguments as you can and why I try to empathize as much as possible. But like yeah. I said, we could be totally wrong about this. But I think that <laughs> we've, we've done a very good job of, of portraying our where we're coming from and why so. we believe what we believe. Yeah. And why we're great people. Why we're such terrific, wonderful, virtuous people. So much better <laughs> than those founding fathers, I'll tell you something. <laughs> Uh, now let me get back to my, oh, that is Twitter on my Chinese phone. (laughs) Man. Well, this was a great discussion. I am very satisfied with how much we managed to cover. Hey, satisfied. That's a ham. Ah, man, it's good. What was, I guess to close it out. So you, I'm sure watched it on Disney plus, uh, Mm few weeks ago or whenever that was i've lost all track of time <laughs> was, in the virus it was either era. yesterday or five years ago i have it narrowed yes. down to those two did you uh how so i've seen the show in person you've seen the show in person mm-hmm. what do you how do you think it compares in terms of the um you know watching it on your tv versus seeing it in person 
Uh, well, you know what? I liked Hamilton when I was when I was uh, up on the stage. <laughs> that was really <laughs> cool. But boy, those lottery tickets are not the best. And there was no. uh, I had the uh, the back of the ground floor where the entire top half of the stage was blocked by the balcony, and there was a column in front of me. Oh <laughs> so it was man, man! But even then, I still sobbed like a baby. Like yeah. it was still life changing to see that. Uh, but, but I, I, it was one of those things, like, I've always been very cautious of, uh, like film versions of shows because there are things that just play better. Go, go watch the, uh, the film version, the second film version, I guess, of the producers to see like the Mm. perfect example of something that is like just exactly like the Broadway show and just, it does not hit without an audience. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, but this, like, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be as impactful. Like I've, I've heard it so many times. I've, I've seen it in person to an extent. I saw the bottom half of it in person (laughs) and, uh, and I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm, 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 and also it's just so hyped up in my mind. Like it just, it's been, I've had such a bizarre close relationship with this play, both professionally and personally for years now. And, uh, and I would say, like, by the time I hit, uh, uh, I don't know, I think probably Skylar Sisters, where I was just like, I'm in it. <laughs> I'm immersed. I love, I'm, I am so invested. <laughs> and it just like, and it, and, like, the rest of the room melted away. And I was yeah. just like, I was just there for it. Me too. Yeah. I was so, I, I, when I saw it in person, I don't know. It was good, but I think it was one of those things where you imagine things differently in your head. Um, mm-hmm. And it was so far away. <laughs> right. I was like, it was like nosebleed tickets. Um, right. And so it was truly, I mean, it was really profound for me, me to be able to see the actual performances and expressions mm-hmm. and everything. I think there are some things that play better in an audience. I mean, even I think Lynn Manuel Miranda's performance, uh, Mm-hmm. I think people have mocked it a little bit for being yeah. somewhat, I don't know. And he's, by his own admission, not the best actor in the show, not even close. Uh, but mm-hmm. I do think many of his reactions are so exaggerated because that is theater. That's theater oh, yeah. acting. Yeah. You, you have, have to be to, seen you have to, by you have the to audience. You play for those nosebleed seats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I was really moved by it. And I'm always moved by the way that it just shows everyone's humanity for me and and um and demonstrates the ways that we all fail and we all come short and we have no control who lives who dies (laughs) and uh whatever Uh, the last bit was i will say (laughs) (laughs) i will say just watch the movie just for uh renee elise goldsberry as angelica oh my my gosh and leslie autumn jr of course oh and jefferson man I loved seeing David Diggs on stage. I mean, you get that energy just listening to the soundtrack, but seeing his physicality on stage, yeah. it was like he was Bugs Bunny. Like, it was incredible. <laughs> that's that's one it. of the things. Uh, what did I miss? Just listening to the album, yes. what, my, what did I miss is one of my like least favorite songs in it because <laughs> I was like, oh, it's kind of slower and the piano doesn't sound very full. It kind of just sounds like almost a parody of a Broadway song. Uh-huh. It's a, like, I, I, I get the what they're going before. for. But yeah. then, like you watch, you watch David do it, and I was like, "This is put this on a loop, please. <laughs> yeah. This is this is such a joy." 
so many uh, of his little reactions. You get the actual expression and everything. I loved his, him saying, oh, what was it? Um, when he says, oh, a- after Hamilton says, you know, are my answers to your satisfaction? And then he's like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, his, his timing on all of those is just it's so, so perfect. It's so spot on. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. And yet, that doesn't mean that I like Jefferson. No. <laughs> I still hate Jefferson. He was Please. garbage. But but uh oh, we we need but more some of us in this I think world. sometimes it's okay to have a little bit of a sense of humor and <laughs> <laughs> about things. Uh good stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. So you promoted your new video. That's awesome. Yep, when is that coming out? out? That'll be out uh, eventually. I've, eventually. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally, because I was like, oh, I'll just do this video really quick. It's just about the careers of three of the like, <laughs> most prolific and influential filmmakers of all time. You so and I'm, I have that shared flaw where we need to be comprehensive in everything oh, yeah, we do. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. it, it, especially since this is one's like this one's way more historical than like you know with my Hamilton video I didn't have to do that much research because I'd listened to it a million times and it was just like my <laughs> opinions on it. But yeah. this one is just like oh yeah, I have to talk about the very complicated and flawed and complex lives of these three men. Uh, but so I'm like I'm literally like six or seven books deep into this and maybe halfway through my pile. Wow, uh, man. And also, I'm doing this one in uh, 4K for the first time. Hello. Uh, and so I export in 4K, but I do not <laughs> edit in 4K. <laughs> oh no, it's 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 a it is a nightmare. But uh, man, but yeah, so that'll be out uh, hopefully in a, in the next uh, month or two. But Great. Uh, but yeah, check that out on uh, Make Stuff YouTube.com/slash Make Stuff Studios. And people can watch. find you on Twitter and wherever. Yes. At what? Uh, that's at Jonathan Oscar. Good luck spelling that. <laughs> I, I say it in my head as Jonathan. It's like there a marathon you go. or there something. There you go. That's what yeah. I'm doing. <laughs> well, this has been great, man. I would love to have you on again sometime when we're not, you know, on the defensive about yeah. a thing that we love. <laughs> yeah, maybe when we're when maybe when we're not tackling major racial issues <laughs> and global pandemics. Uh, yeah. that it, it, it could it could uh, it could make for a fun time. But I it enjoyed is, this. I am really grateful that people have been forced to have these conversations though. Yes. And that's I mean that's another area where I think I I like that the show exists because I'm I'm like we wouldn't be having these discussions if the show didn't exist, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and literally my, my wife said earlier she was like, I didn't even know Jefferson owned slaves. Yeah. <laughs> In her defense she's from Canada, but she was just like, Yeah, oh yeah, I didn't know like I didn't know anything about Jefferson. I didn't know George Washington owned slaves. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is And well and that's where I uh I see a lot of tweets and things of people being like, Twenty twenty is the worst and this has been the most terrible year and things just keep getting worse. There's riots now and it's all crazy. And I'm like, you know, I actually like things there's some pretty bad stuff happening. Uh people are dying. But on the other hand, I see so much hope going on in so much of the discussion in so many of the ways things are actually changing mm-hmm. yes they need to be changing more <laughs> yeah but it's it is a turning point moment i think and yeah. i'm really hopeful about it you know? so much so much of that the world is the worst right now it's literally we finally lifted the rug that we've been sweeping all this garbage right. and yeah. awfulness under for for decades and centuries and, and yeah. we're getting it right in the face so uh so a lot of a good a lot of good is going to come from it if we yes. if we can survive it. <laughs> Fingers <laughs> crossed. Yeah, I'll I'll say a prayer for you, man. I'm not going to Disney World anytime soon <laughs> as much as I love it. <laughs> uh, 
All right. Well, man, I I think I'm going to post this this week so I get it. Oh, yeah. The, make it nice and relevant. Quick, you know, relevant discussion. Um, all right. Well, we will see you guys. I will see you guys in the next episode, hopefully with another amazing YouTube guest. We'll see who it is. <laughs> nice. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.